Not the Chuddle. Chuddle. This movie sounds awful. I'm sorry, guys. Surprise! Boiled down. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Chuddle the Pod. Uh, boiled down one, and a very special one at that. I am joined with Sam. Ross will be jumping in hopefully very soon. Sup? There it is. And we have a very special guest. Aaron B. Coons is joining us tonight. So thank you, first of all. Um, we appreciate you jumping on. Like I said, yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, that's exciting. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yeah. Um, you may have noticed we've covered a couple. We've we've talked about Scare Package on here before. We've just recently talked about one of the another paper street picture, uh, sorry about the demon. And we are Needless to say, we're pretty big fans of what you guys are producing over there. So very excited to to kind of have you here and talk about, I don't know, all things Paper Street and and maybe more specifically some Scare Package 2 stuff. Yeah, yeah, cool. I'm all about, <laughs> I mean, yeah, and sorry about the demon, you know, was created out of Scare Package. So it's all part of that world. It, it, mm-hmm. and, and Scare Package is like the movie that kind of launched us as a production company in a very different way. So uh, it makes sense. It ties back into it and excited to have at it. I mean, I think, well, personally, I didn't, I didn't know Scare Patch. Ross is like our big movie movie guy and he had seen it and he especially loves like the anthology type stuff too. And I mean, when I first saw it, I was hooked into it. It was one of the things I think I said about it was like, this is one of the times where I really liked the through story almost Mm -hmm. as just about as much as the individual segments. Like as much as I love VHS, their through stories aren't always the strongest compared to their segments in my opinion yeah that was well i mean that was deliberate that was very important to us because it was uh cameron burns my co-creator of it he he had been pushing me to make an anthology and i didn't want to do it because of vhs and the creep show mm-hmm. was coming back out and i had just seen southbound at the time and loved mm-hmm. that and i was like we can't compete with this like what are we going to do that's different like I, it has to i have to feel like we're you know, it just, just playing in a different game if we're going to do this. And I just, I, I just didn't feel confident in what we could pull off for the amount of money I knew we would have. So, uh, but then, yeah, I, I, I watched as many as I could over a weekend and literally created a spreadsheet, like this OCD style, like my oh, pros and cons <laughs> of everything, uh, you know, anthology related and and wrote down what I liked, you know, what I didn't like as much, uh, you know, where I thought there were opportunities mm-hmm. and really settled on a few key kind of fixtures to like what actually interested me in making this was, and first was, I, I really liked the idea of a horror comedy all the way through because mm-hmm. I noticed that my favorite segments almost always were the comedic segments, but then yes. they'd be followed by this really, really dark segment or something that's like, you know, uh, more in your face. and And I just... Well, not that scare package is in your face, dear God, it's so in your face. But either way, in that way, like in a different kind of tonally, sure, sure, you know, just felt absolutely. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Like, what if we could really like keep that energy up in this playful way, you know, what was going on? So that was one. And then the through line was extremely important. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I would get frustrated. Like, it would go to, you know, just like random kid watching something reading a book talking and then Mm. i was like just skip past this just like Mm -hmm. i literally would fast forward sometimes and just get me to the next segment you know Mm -hmm. so that i wanted to have the opposite i wanted it to be you were just excited for a segment as you were to kind of come back to the core story so that was that was another point and then i just wanted it to feel more cohesive 
you know, I wanted something that had, you know, the same, the same composer, because like the mu- music would be a big thing, but mm-hmm. it would just feel so disparate, you know, at times. Mm-hmm. And like, how can we have that? So we, you know, I was like, look, we'll do the same composer. We'll do the same sound designer, same colorist. We tried to do the same DP that actually didn't work out to the level we wanted, but that was the original goal. Interesting. Okay. And then the original concept was the hook was, it was called tropes and that was the name of it. And each segment was a different set of horror tropes that we were subverting in a horror comedic manner. And we had this video store central idea mm-hmm. and, and they were all going to interlace within each other. It wasn't just going to be putting a tape in and watch something. It was going to be, and we do put a tape in and see something sometimes, but it was like, how can you go in and out of a segment in a unique way every single time mm-hmm. and what that could be? That was really the first, the first care package. And, you know, and then we, we raised the money all completely ourselves. It was all independent. So there was no one to tell us that like what we were doing was really, really dumb or, or didn't make sense, <laughs> you know, or like that's, that's the dumbest joke that, I've yeah. ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, great. We can just lean into it. Nobody's here to tell us we're crazy. And in the whole rule was if it makes us laugh, then we got to do it and we got to go for it. And if we've seen it before, like either find a way to comment on it or find a way to spin it in a unique way. And mm-hmm. and that was it. And uh, yeah. And then somehow people dug it and then we're like, oh, oh shit. And I got to make another one. And we killed all these people that I like. So what the hell do I do? Uh, that's, that's really where I came from. Nice. So that, that is maybe, awesome. That kind of answers it. maybe one of my questions. Did you have an idea for it to be like, more than the one movie because it works the sequel works very well it felt very it felt natural as a sequel <laughs> and i laugh yeah yeah i mean i laugh because it's like there's just nothing natural about how that came about i'm glad that it feels that way don't get me wrong that's it, wonderful it feels different but it still felt like it worked within this universe I well because everything's yeah. subverting horror tropes right so doing a sequel bringing someone back from the dead all that is like traditional horror tropes from franchises so it's i, I think, think that's the key that. mm-hmm. yeah I, it, that's the key is because look if you're making something about horror tropes there are no bigger horror tropes than the horror sequel so if you lean into the sequel and the absurdity of the fact that jamie lee curtis can cut off michael myers head in h2o and he uh-huh. can show up in the next movie you know that was an ambulance or, driver exactly right like, <laughs> okay cool right. you know and then buster rhymes is like roundhouse kicking in front of a house on fire like cool <laughs> you know you can do anything you want in the mm-hmm. horror sequel and we're already playing off this shit and we're already pushing it you know so lean into it and that even though there was zero intention to make a sequel, it was because we truly didn't think anybody was going to want to see it or it was going to do well or, you know, Shudder wasn't involved. Like when we hired Joe Bob Briggs, nobody had even heard of, like there were like people like me who like from an era that watched Joe Bob as a kid, but like he wasn't on Shudder yet. None of this stuff had happened. You know, we're hiring all unknown directors you know, because we, you know, all for all these variety of reasons, like just did not, the recipe was not a recipe of success at the time. Let's just put it that way. As sure. someone now who like makes movies and I'm very geared toward like, these are the facets to kind of make this work, um, you know, and how, how we're, you know, how do you assess those risks in the best and safest way you can? And this was like, you know, throwing shit and seeing if it's stuck, <laughs> you know? Sure. And uh, yeah. So then you get to lean into it though. You know, you get to lean into it after that. And it becomes this, oh, we're talking about horror tropes. We're talking about sequels. Anybody can be alive. 
anything you said, you can recontextualize just by mm-hmm. showing a clip of it before and, and crazy <laughs> stuff, you know? And I mean, and there's so many examples of this, right? In, mm-hmm. in the horror sphere. And Saw became a really obvious one because I love the first, really the first two Saw movies I think are fantastic. Like I love the twist in Saw 2. I think it's just just superb. And then they kind of saw it's like diminishing returns from that point forward until Jigsaw. Then it gets a little bit better with Jigsaw and then it goes way back down again. In my opinion, I haven't seen them all. I've only seen like the first three or four, I think. Oh my God. So, okay. Well, just to give context here. (laughs) Yeah. So like, here's the spoilers for Saw sequels, which are not spoilers because they don't make any sense. Is (laughs) after Saw 4 they keep showing a scene in like saw five, six, seven, whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. And then they, they just, there's like a scene. It was like the three of us talking at first, then they cut back, you know, to, to show that scene. And now Ross is here. And now there's four of us. And it's like, Oh, he wasn't there before in this conversation. Then they cut back in the next saw and there's like a fifth person there. And you're like, Oh, this. And then like, by the time you get to like saws, eight i don't even know what number it is uh-huh. then carrie elways from the first one even shows back up and now he's a killer it's like what? complete it, i'm serious that awesome. happens. yeah that, 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 I, I believe you i i, I it, make, it makes me glad i f- fell off and didn't keep keep with it but they all are so successful they've been mm-hmm. such a huge part of this like guys and we're continuing like all of that shit is somehow still canon in the new Saw stuff that's even being done. And I, these are my friends that are making some of these movies. So like, sure. I just, I applaud. I'm like, look, they had to pump something out every year, you yeah. know? So there's a lot of things that you're having to turn out Oh yeah, turn it's not here. Halloween without Saw. I remember. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole thing. <laughs> so, but but me, they were doing, um, this is like 2021. They were, the new Saw movie was coming out, Spiral, right? Mm-hmm. With Chris Rock. And I was like, I was excited about that. So I went and I started to rewatch some of the Saw movies. Let me see if I can like make some sense of this. And I still do not know. I can't understand. I can't wrap my head around exactly what's happening in all the Saw movies. No matter how many times I've tried, mm-hmm. like I, 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 I had like a fifteen forty on my SAT. Okay, like I did well, <laughs> like, and I have no idea. Well, that's what happening. I love in uh, Scare Package too. The skinless guy. Who, yeah. At the end, he's like. Do you guys know what's going on right now? Yes. Like, because that's me. That is me <laughs> watching the Saw sequels. And I, exactly. That's what I'm turning around. I'm like, is any, anybody, what is happening here? And I was like, this is it. Like that became this fun thing to play with. And even if you don't know how far the Saw movies go, you do understand how crazy horror sequels can go and Absolutely. how wild, like you watch, you know, House 2, the second story and stuff like that. And you watch these types of movies and they're just insane. So it's like, well, this becomes our avenue to kind of lean into and what we can do. And, and then it just became a, a new playground that was in complete insanity. It, I, yeah. I love it. I really, really love the second <laughs> one. Ross, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Ross was able to finally jump in. So yes, we mentioned uh, Joe Bob briefly and that's somebody that Brian and I weren't familiar with that Ross turned us on to at some point, I think around when we first started this podcast, Brian and I didn't have cable growing up. Um, but <laughs> the, uh, did you, so did you have any relationship with him prior or you were just like a horror fan and you're like, I'm going to write him into this and hope he comes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I had seen 
so I grew up on Joe Buck Briggs. I, like I was, I grew up as a Christian home and all this stuff. I wasn't allowed to watch any of this shit. Okay. So Joe Bob and Monster Vision was like one of my kind of gateways into horror. And then the idea is I would watch them on Monster Vision and they'd be edited. And then I would want to watch the unedited versions and like get those tapes, you know, for my friends or like seek those movies out and what that could be. And that was just such a blast. So no, in, in the first scare package, they end in this like laboratory setting where they're testing the rules of horror. <laughs> and my idea is if you're going to be doing all these tests on horror, you would have a horror expert that's there to help them go through the rules and understand this. So I was like, well, who would be the horror expert? Because I needed someone to show up and like help them escape at mm-hmm. the same time. And, and I was like, well, wait a second, there'd be an expert and who could this be and what was there? And I was like, well, if there's going to be a horror expert, there's only two names that came to mind. And it was Joe Bob Briggs and Elvira mm-hmm. because they're, they're just like this, these kind of like iconic figures in the horror space that just seem to know everything about it. And Joe Bob was just someone I always talked about. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I just be like, oh, do you guys remember Joe Bob Briggs? Like, I used to watch him all the time. And I don't know what it was. I just loved it. And he had this like mutant family kind of like mantra that I just thought was, I, you know, the way I loved horror films, I felt a little bit like an outcast. I didn't feel like I fit in, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I I worked at like Abercrombie and Fitch, but I was like obsessed with horror mm-hmm. movies. <laughs> yeah. So it was like this Ooh. weird juxtaposition that I couldn't mm-hmm. tell my, my cool friends, you know, the movies that I really wanted to watch. And I just had to pretend, and I love all the other, I'm a cinephile, so I just love movies through and through. Yeah. But like, the stuff that like really got me going, I nobody else wanted to watch with me except for my friend Sean Tally, actually, Hi. oddly enough. And yeah. Sean would bring me tapes uh, that he would record because he had HBO, and I would watch them. Nice. And then yeah. my grandmother got HBO for free, like the channel came in, like you know, with um, mm-hmm. static or whatever. And I would bring tapes <laughs> in and record overnight at her house and just swap the tapes out. And overnight at that time on HBO specifically, it was all horror films. And Cinemax had their like Skinemax thing. Mm-hmm. That was like those soft porn shit that they would do. But <laughs> HBO was all horror films oh, overnight awesome. during that time. So that just became this like, oh my God. And I wasn't allowed to watch them, which probably made me want to watch them more. Oh, totally. So all of that contributed to this. And Joe Bob was so integral. But no, did not know the guy, no contact whatsoever. I knew that he went to horror conventions sometimes. And what that tells me is like, not to be crude, but like you can probably pay them for their time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if you're at a horror convention, totally. you're being yeah. paid to be there, you know, whatever. So I was like, okay. Yeah. And I know he's an actor. The guy was in fucking, you know, uh, I mean, the guy was in Casino, you know, he's worked with Scorsese and shit. So like, he's I a real know. actor, you know, and he's really done stuff. So I know he can pull it off. So I wrote this little scene. And uh, and I passed it on to a lot of people and my friends, they did not know who he was either. They're like, who is this guy? I don't think this is going to land as much because people don't know who Joe Bob Briggs is. And I'm like, whatever, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I negotiated a deal, got a man, came in for like a day, you know, and I just consolidated <laughs> all his stuff yeah. under like one day to shoot. You know, how to hired a stunt double, my friend Mitch Rad, that's his real name, Mitch Rad, and threw him <laughs> through a wall, you know, and everything. Yeah. And um, who weirdly looks just like Joe Bob. It was awesome. It was oh, perfect. perfect. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's even like shots of like where Jeremy King, Rad Chad is like over him. We have this coverage and there's this body laying there and it looks it, you're like that's still joe bob it's not it's my buddy mitch still laying there because we had to shoot more coverage the next day of him reacting to him and you know because joe bob uh, we john bloom his real name we improvised a number of stuff and things that were going on and but yeah i mean that all happened and then 
at the end after filming i remember we're actually on set he talked about how shutter was trying to license some of his old shows mm-hmm. and they were going to put some on and he might do like a one night only thing and that's all it was going to be joe bob was oh, going to wow. come and do a one night thing mm-hmm. it was live but then so many people got online that night to watch it that it actually shut down the service shutter stopped working <laughs> so many yeah. people went on and there was like a hashtag joe bob broke the internet yeah and then the new and then he got a tv show out of it and the rest is history and we were right. like oh right time right place i knew it people love joe bob still and i That's tapped so into good. this like nostalgia factor that wasn't even like it was it was for the people who did know him it would be really awesome for the people that didn't know him it would still be funny and that was it right. you know mm-hmm. and and that's honestly like a big part of all the scare package stuff which is there's like inside jokes you know for people but the idea is can it still be funny for someone who hasn't watched all these movies you know oh, and how do you find that balance we yeah. talked about that when we talked about scare package too that it's funny for anybody but if you're a horror fan there's that much more to it you know yeah yeah that's the hope it's <laughs> successful (laughs) you go on the right day on letterbox man and i'll tell you they fucking hate me but um oh god yeah well yeah i can only imagine (laughs) who knows (laughs) it's all good it's all good how long have you had the idea for the anthology thing i think we kind of touched on that a little bit but it i I mean honestly we weren't going to do it for the longest time we had made a movie called camera obscura that my cut never got released to the public mm-hmm. and I'm so proud of the movie, but just was never the, the what I wanted to put out there and just was so frustrated trying to get that made, but it's still released with NBC universal. It was like this huge thing internationally. It was great for yeah. us, but again, wasn't the movie that I wanted to make. And I had raised some money, just a little bit of cash uh, for that, that when NBC came in, I was giving that cash back to those investors so I kind of had people primed and ready to give us money for something that we ended up getting funded elsewhere. And I was like, look, right now we have an opportunity immediately after this movie to like get that money back and make something else that's really low budget. That's like more. And then, and originally we had this, I had this other idea of a movie. It was another kind of like really serious thing. And and after watching Camera Obscura, you know, on the festival circuit and everything, I just was kind of frustrated and and mm-hmm. because of it was also just depressing <laughs> the, the movie is dark <laughs> you know it's like it's a cd mill a cd film and so i was like man i just want to do something fun you know mm-hmm. i just want to get my friends together and let's just do something silly and i needed something that we could shoot over a longer period of time mm-hmm. so we could like get some money now and some money mm-hmm. later and like piece it together and so that lent to an anthology but again i didn't want to do it until cameron pushed on me and then I came up with this, you know, concept and conceit on how to put it together. And then once we, once I said, okay, yeah, let's do an anthology. It was like pretty immediate, you know, cause we had to go back to those people. When you have money in the film industry, you have to get it like right then. <laughs> you need you it. So that's, you have that's it, you part of what it. happened. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you, how did you go about finding, I guess, the, the individual filmmakers that were doing their segments did, were personal or otherwise? Yeah, mainly. Yeah, mm-hmm. mainly. I think there was uh, a couple folks that were like friends of friends. But for the most part, you know, we had been making short films for a while and our short films had played at a bunch of festivals and we got to know mm-hmm. other short filmmakers. So that was the main place where it started, you know, and Chris McEnroy and Emily Higgins, you know, we knew through those worlds. Um, Emily also being an Austin filmmaker, we were making this in Austin. So that was that was a tie there. Chris McEnroy is also Austin. 
um, you know, Anthony Cousins, I saw at Texas Frightmare mm -hmm. and saw his short there. And we hung out that afternoon. He was friends with Chris McEnroe. And so we hung out and then I was like, dude, you should do something with us for this weird oh, anthology. Yeah. At the time, yeah. the anthology was called Tropes. Mm -hmm. And okay. I was like, you should work on tropes. And um, yeah. And, and, and so it was just a handful of people that we wanted to work with because part of it too, was I realized when we made camera obscura, uh, the producing partner I had was difficult, I'll just say. And we realized that we're like, we need to do this ourselves. And there's people that we wanted to work with. So scare package became this opportunity to, well, when am I going to work with this? Like I thought we were yeah. only going to, at that time, we were just going to produce the things that I, Cameron and I were writing and I was directing as a company. So this was the only time to work with these people. And they mm -hmm. were my friends and I wanted to work with them. So that was part of it as well. Oh, that's and awesome. then, yeah, I think uh, Noah Segan was pretty integral because him and I, we met on Starry Eyes, which I was a producer on that. And then mm -hmm. he had been Great. in all my movies. And, uh, oh, thanks. Yeah, Dennis I've and Kevin killed it. So that fucking movie. love that movie. Yeah, it's it's I'm very <laughs> proud of it. And uh, so, but yeah, and, and and so we became pals and and I needed, you know, a celebrity uh, mm -hmm. to help with the film in some way. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Noah, you're my de facto celebrity. Uh, can you help me here? And he did and uh, introduced me to a couple people that I knew of, but didn't really know very well. And, mm -hmm. and we just started interviewing folks. Mm -hmm. And we're like, look, this is the idea. Do you want to pitch? And we took tons of pitches from people. Um, of just like what they thought and we were trying to figure out our tone at the same time mm -hmm. so and it, you'll notice even in the first care package i think some segments start to get a little i don't think stay the course they're good i just mm -hmm. don't know that we had as cohesive of a vision as i think we do in scare package too oh, yeah. um, tonally you know and how mm -hmm. they come together so that was something that we tried to kind of shape up because you're you're figuring it out. Like you want to give freedom to these directors, but you also, again, it was so important to me that things feel like they're part of the whole. So mm -hmm. how do you balance that in the right way? Um, so it was a little tricky, but yeah, you know, it was just different people that we had known, known of friends of friends and, and, and personal friends and uh, was, you know, fun to do. And then once mm -hmm. that happened, it was like, okay, we can do this. And, you know, for scare package two, that's all, you know, it was basically we had a list of people we couldn't work with in the first one that we wanted to work with. Mm -hmm. And then we just we met a bunch of new people and, Gosh. you know, and and uh, I mean, like Rachel Wiggins at Scare Package 2. She, we literally met her at the world premiere of Scare Package 1 oh. uh, in Spain <laughs> uh, on stage. Yeah. In, Citrus <laughs> in, in Spain. That's and so cool. she had a project that was playing right before ours. And then after that, uh, we all were dry. We we gave her a ride back to her hotel and we got arrested by like, or not arrested, but like <laughs> they pulled us over and threatened to arrest us. And like, oh, oh shit. Barcelona <laughs> police shit on us. And, That's perfect. You know, yeah. Because no. Jeremy King, Rad Shad drove the wrong way on a one-way road. And, oh, oh, boy. That was whole <laughs> thing. Whole yeah. Did they know who he was? They, no, no, no. <laughs> they knew. They, just, they knew. Yeah, I mean, excuse me. Oh, shit. I am Brad Chad. So this. this is I mean, kind this of is the this is the world brand. premiere. Like nobody knew anything yeah, you know, sure. about this movie prior to that. So God, it was. Awesome. Uh, but that was that was man. That was a cool experience. That whole night was pretty pretty wild. So yeah. You that's know, awesome and then you work with that's your friends so cool. yeah. now did you have a uh did you get like rough cuts of the different segments before putting them in or did you kind of have like a finalized thing that you saw so like you're seeing it for the first like what was your first impression after seeing these individual segments kind of like kind of come together yeah i mean so we're developing approving so it's like they're pitching an idea 
we developed the idea together. There's a script. We're approving the script. Like every stage of the process, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of, I, I think it's. I'm, I'm working on a TV show now, and I think it's kind of similar to that, and that it's like show running. You know, and that mm. these are like epi- episodes that are being delivered to us by our, by a group of writers and a director. Mm-hmm. And we're working with those to like stay within the zone. So, okay. no, it's every step of the process. They're they're showing us edits. You know, we're giving mm-hmm. notes. We're back and forth. We're helping them, you know, hire their team, their post team. Yeah. And then everyone in post was we had one central post team, like, you know, colorist and sound designer and composer. So we're going through this assembly line process of like how to move all these pieces together and yeah, it's, they're very curated. Like at no point mm-hmm. were we like Anthony cousins, for example, had made a short called the bloody ballad of squirt Reynolds, which by the way, is hilarious. And really should watch it. <laughs> that sounds uh, great, I mean, just by the title <laughs> alone, that sounds amazing. It's so good. It's so good. I like, it's why, why I wanted to work with them. Mm-hmm. And I saw it at Texas Frightmare and I was like, man, this is like perfect for scare package. And we talked about it because it really felt like it was in the world. But I was like, and I'm, but I'm stubborn. And I was like, no, like we are going to curate every single mm-hmm. thing is going to be created for this because tons of anthologies that are out there, especially the lower tier ones are just like, here's five shorts, put them together and you have an anthology. And I just don't <laughs> think that is not what we wanted to do at all. You yeah. Know? So I, w- I was watching one kind of the low tier ones and like the middle anthology had its own like beginning credits directed by and end credits in the <laughs> middle of the movie. And I was like, and that kind of the same. We're like, oh, this was just given to them. And they just were like, we're just going to throw this like right in the middle of it. Yeah. Oh, they don't, God, yeah. That's, yeah that's just not even. Yeah, that's that's no fun. Oh, um, are you? It's kind of side change. Um, is Goo Guy gonna get his own? Because th- like that that <laughs> is uh, that's a that's a spirit animal of mine. Uh, that I use. I think I said it in the when we reviewed Spaghetti Package one. Like the hello anybody there, please kill me is one of my favorite lines of all time, and I say it in my house regularly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. Please kill me. The way kill he me. does it too. And, and, and yeah, Kurt, Kurt is so funny. Like I, that guy is just hilarious. And yeah, I mean, that's Chris McEnroy. I would yeah. say, you know, we obviously quote unquote, kind of bring goo guy back. Which the signing of autographs by the bodyguard is like, yeah, chef's yeah. kiss. Well, it was like, how do you, you know, again, if you're like leaning into the meta, it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. like, and that's a, that's a short that was Sam was talking about. Right. So like mm-hmm. that short exists within our universe of Brad Chad as a movie. Yeah. So like, that was fun to like play with. So I was like, okay. So then, and I remember like, we have a couple like extras and they're like, okay, how do I react to you know? And I'm like, this is like, if you just saw Leonardo DiCaprio walk into this thing. <laughs> okay. Like this guy, is uh-huh. yes. shit, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you're like, oh my God, good guy, you know, and all this. Mm. Um, it's funny in the and we still haven't gotten them fixed in uh, the <laughs> subtitles when they come up. It still says, "Oh my God, good guy." And I'm like, no, there's no, <laughs> there's no guy. Like what? What the hell? But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, so I was like, "How do you find a way to do this?" And like, let's lean into the idea that he's there. And mm-hmm. you know, at the funeral, as himself, he's even wearing the Goo Guy T-shirt from the yes. like yes. his thing, yes. you know. Um, but then, and then, how do you get him to become Goo Guy? That's like I still need Goo Guy, but he wouldn't exist in the real world. Yeah. So we had to come up with this whole like reverse engineer <laughs> joke, um, <laughs> which was fun. But yeah, you know, I McEnroy and I, uh, who's the writer director of One Time in the Woods, which is the segment from Scare Package One mm-hmm. that that creates the Goo Guy you know mm-hmm. uh i we so we've talked about this there is an idea 
potentially of a feature version of that but he has this other movie that's a werewolf movie it's i'll say it's so imagine that writer director and it's a movie mm-hmm. called intensive care wolves and that's probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I love it. yeah yeah, on so board. that's immediately that's on board. the one that's the one we're trying to get off the ground yeah um and it's been a little tricky you know we've had some casting issues and a couple of things but if we can that's there but if i will say if that drags any further like i might go to chris and try and explore a feature version that could be a little less expensive mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. A, a googie eye feature of this so we'll, we'll see we'll That'd see fun as hell <laughs> so good yeah. to pull away to, to go i guess to sandwich our scare packages you jumped and made the the pale door which uh one of our listeners loves and i think he said no question he just wanted us to let you know that it that movie's fucking awesome but <laughs> was it fun to come back to scare package or how was making the pale door because it is a much different tone than the scare package movies mm-hmm. like yeah yeah well we have this like motto that's horror with heart like that's our mm-hmm. thing and mm-hmm. and to me and i wrote i actually wrote like a little op-ed i don't know what you call it for letterbox and i wrote a thing about it and because i i like things that like and it could be and i think they both are horror with heart i think horror heart can be like the silly make you feel good kind of thing mm-hmm. and then horror with heart can also be like the like we have something to say and we're trying to become better people and we're trying to have something that's like maybe a cathartic release and what's there and and all that so mm-hmm. both those films i think thematically fit in that world um, but obviously, you know, other than that, tonally are, yes, quite different. I mean, I, again, you know, I love, I just love movies. I want to make things that are different. And like, there aren't a lot of horror Westerns out there. The idea of yeah. like cowboys versus witches, I just think yeah. is fucking fun. Awesome. And then yes. <laughs> I wanted to make something and talk about my family, you know, and I have um, a lot of father issues, which if you're watching Paper Street stuff, you're like, huh. There's a through line here um, of stuff, you know, and Chad's and his dad all over the place and, uh-huh. you know, all these different things. And um, so this was a way to kind of talk about some stuff that my brother and I, not exact. we didn't have witches and shit and upside down churches, yeah. but, um, but you know, brother. yeah, but we had, we had something, you know, mm-hmm. that was there mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk about, and uh, that gave me the platform to kind of do that. And which was, which Super was a cool. lot of fun, but scare package is kind of just a different breed because there's no it's the most fun writing like right now we're you know trying to finish writing scare package three because we're hoping to make that and who knows we'll see you know if it happens like it's not been that it's official or anything like that Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. but the but just the time writing scare package is the most fun like it is oh i can imagine because you can do anything and then it's like okay what are the top five things that people would expect to have happen in the next scare package. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, now cross all those off. And like, <laughs> that's what we have to do, you know? And like, we have to go. So I like, like no one, no one will expect what's happening in scare package three. Oh, if we're gonna make it. Like it's awesome. just so <laughs> insane, you know? And, um, but it, it, it does tie into the horror with heart, like, like, and that kind of stuff that's there. And, and um, there might even be, if it's done right. And again, if it ever gets made, someone might even cry at the end of scare package three let's just put it that way that's how <laughs> okay crazy. all right all right you know, that's the idea that's the idea the hope you know so It'll be me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'll cry if i get to make it i will because that's just like i made a horror trilogy like you gotta be kidding oh, shit. yeah yeah that's, I mean, that's amazing imagine. yeah but yeah i mean you know i i want to challenge myself when i do different things you know so 
one of the next movies that I want to make is uh, a horror sports comedy thing that because i've never seen oh. a horror sports movie you yeah know? so we there's kinda, that god damn it you're stealing our idea from a decade ago oh, <laughs> that yeah, we yeah. never did anything <laughs> with yeah sam and i came up with the one for like a, a baseball umpire theme because we were watching a baseball game and there was like this umpire that just looked like the scariest dude scariest we'd ever seen hmm. and we're yeah. like that's perfect it's pretty cool no well look it's i mean ours is roller derby so it's called demon derby so i think we're not i mean this this is never gonna happen but yeah Yeah. i mean well not with that attitude sam you know so so, but but yeah you know so there's that i've also got this like weird cronenberg-esque sci-fi thing you know that i want to do um, so, you know, and then I've got a true crime kind of thriller and then I'm also adapting a comic book. So like what there's all book? these, uh, I, I can't, I can't say unfortunately. No problem. Yeah. But it is, it's, it's a known one. Um, sure. And, I, yeah, I, yeah. I know a lot of comics, so I probably know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, so it's, and it's, and when you hear about it, it's a very totally different thing than, mm-hmm. than what I'm talking about. So, mm-hmm. but that's the stuff that excites me. It's just like, what oh, is yeah. different? You know, how do we combine genre? I love genre mashups, mm-hmm. you know, and what that could be. So that's what excites me the most. Like, I don't want to do too many things. Like, so in between, if we're so fortunate to do Scare Package 3, I want to do something that's different, you know, before that and just kind of shift and, right. but I'll always stay in this weird horror genre space with mm-hmm. mashups and with hopefully the heart. idea of horror with art mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a fun realm to play in it seems like and it, it shows on everything that we've seen this i mean from you and coming out of the the company in general i i feel mm-hmm. you can feel that heart behind it yeah oh yeah, yeah. good <laughs> and it seems like a probably an obvious example of it but blood relatives i really i loved and uh yeah. talk about horror with heart i mean that is <laughs> yeah very there <laughs> yeah yeah i mean look, it's th- like a feel-good movie you know completely that, and sorry <laughs> about the demon i think in mm. the same way i mm-hmm. think both of those films i mean look it, it's crazy because we've released you know four films the last four months and the last three shutter originals mm-hmm. are paper street pictures movies yeah. you know? amazing and but but they are yeah i mean you look no and they all came from scare package you know noah his first directorial effort was in the first scare package. The, mm-hmm. After that was when he pitched us Blood Relatives. And he was like, hey, it's this, uh, you know, paper moon meets vampire, you know, road trip movie. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, this is really cool. And that had something to say about him mm-hmm. becoming a father and what he was doing. And then, you know, Emily Higgins wrote this really sweet. Uh, I always say it's John Hughes meets James Wan you know kind of oh. rom-com haunted house story <laughs> yeah and i'm like this checks all the boxes this is the kind of shit that i love you know so those things and they both you know whether or not they're happy endings or not you know i don't think even that's mm-hmm. necessarily the case it's just about you have something to say and you kind of leave like either inspired or happy or or you know thinking about your life in a different way maybe even mm-hmm. you know stuff like that like and then that's that kind of like checks those boxes and then we're like that's the kind of movie we want to make and that's the stuff we're going to put forward yeah well it's just really refreshing honestly because like you see films like that that um expand the room of horror and other genres together and like because you can get really jaded by watching the same kind of horror movies repetitively all the time and then when you have ones that kind of are like this can be like a, a feel-good movie but also could be 
drenched head to toe in blood. Like yeah. it's a great, <laughs> it's, it's a cool one, especially when you are a horror enthusiast where like you're so used to certain tones or certain kind of aspects to horror movies that when you get these films like these, it just makes it that much more enjoyable to watch. Cause you're like, it's like a fresh, uh, I don't know. It's just fresh air. You know, you're just like, okay, yeah. man, I'm loving this. This is good. Like this is, oh, I like, love it. That makes me really happy. That makes me really happy. My, uh, a uh, good buddy of mine um, who made the Mortuary Collection, Ryan Spindell. Mm-hmm. We talk about this all the time about just like when, when did horror stop being fun? Yeah. You know, like there sure. was a period. Now, now it's happening. There's it's definitely coming back. You know, even like Megan and stuff. And I'm like, this is cool. Like I'm all about that. Um, and what's interesting is like now we've actually made so many of those. We have this movie coming out next year that's like another like just beat you down, dreadful. Thing. <laughs> all right. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna slip one of those in. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. Every now and then you need that. But and it just like rebalances everything. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just I I want. I think horror can have you can have fun with it. And that's that's what we're striving for in every way that you're just like, oh, that was a blast, you know, like that's mm-hmm. what I want people to get from it. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is kind of hitting on a lot of our things here, but I will ask real quickly, separate to anything or else, Freddie or Jason? I think I know your answer <laughs> based on what I see on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Okay. So it's as, as, as any like diehard horror fan would do this. It's complicated. Okay. So look, I, so I would say it's, I would say it's Jason mm-hmm. um, because I think that Jason would just cut off Freddie's head when he's telling some stupid joke in like <laughs> post, post dream, post dream master era, sure. you know, and what's there. Oh, and, yeah. and, and, and I agree with that, but the scariest, you know, I think like early Freddie when he was still really scary was oh, sure. just like oh, messes yeah. you up, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think conceit wise, the most genius horror film idea ever is Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, like oh. I'll just, it, it's just like when people are pitching me stuff, like I'm always like, man, is there ever going to be an idea that's as good as Nightmare on Elm Street? And I don't think there is. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like I thought It Follows was really clever, but it's just like, uh, but th- there's just mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. that you, everybody has to sleep, you know, in, in this idea, like everybody's scared, you know, mm-hmm. when you're yeah. in bed at night and who's there and who's that. And this idea that that's how he gets you is just so good. So, but I mean, I just, I grew up on Jason. He was like kind of one of my first like big horror connective points, you know, just Mm -hmm. this idea of this like ruthless masked killer, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I mean, in the movie, look, it's, it's got, it's full of both, you know, and I, I love all those franchises, but I mean, I, I, I've even, I, I once did like a little speech thing. It was like a trivia night thing, whatever. And and I did a whole thing based on Friday the 13th movies. And awesome. I'm, I'm always the person that's like, I can explain to you where in the canon uh-huh. it fits together, you know, <laughs> and all that. Unlike Saw, because Saw doesn't make sense. Right. But, we tried but, but Friday the 13th does. At least I can, I can be like, well, look, yes, he ended up at the end of eight. Yes, he's like in a sewer and he does turn into a little boy. But somehow then at nine, he's standing there on the front of a field and gets blown up by the military. Yeah. We're not going to ask questions, okay? I think, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Freddie's hand takes the mask, you know. Mask like, down. And, and um, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. It's fine, you know. Um, <laughs> but I can I can walk you through the logic, quote unquote, of that, yeah. as well as any franchise, because it's just so pivotal mm-hmm. in me growing up and, you know, what I've learned to love. So Hell yeah. Is there a dream, like, franchise or property that you would like to work on? 
Uh, uh, like a yeah. makeup yeah 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 it's called friday the 13th <laughs> i was gonna say i think we answered that question <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, yeah uh, I, i've had ideas for forever I'm sure you know and uh i you know and look i think it's like look the simplest concepts that are out there that make sense are just like where the fuck is his dad and let's do mm. it in the snow you know and yes. there's some stuff like uh-huh. that yes. <laughs> and i think that stuff is fun you know and also what was it like with like young Jason, quote unquote, being raised by wolves? If you believe yeah. that theory of like what's yeah, going like on, yeah, like feral mm-hmm. Jason. Yeah, exactly. Like that shit's cool. Like Clan of the K Bear shit, and like what he's doing. I think there's something really fun there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I will say, and I, I, I guess it doesn't matter. I'm saying this now, but like I pitched on this and got close, and then they canceled the entire thing. But uh, I want to reboot, completely reboot, in a unique way, Critters. Um, oh, and I think ooh. that there's, I, I called it uh, in the pitch, I called it a punk rock gremlins. And I still kind of <laughs> yeah. think that I just think there's something that's really gnarly about these creatures and, you know, and, and what was there. And, and, um, and by the way, Leonardo DiCaprio famously says he's never been in a sequel, never will be. That's a lie. He's in Critters 2. Mm-hmm. So or, or is it three, two or three, but either way, he's yeah. in a Critters <laughs> sequel. So, you know, FYI. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Critters would be a lot of fun. I really wanted to do Running Man until mm. I heard that Edgar mm. Wright was doing Running Man. And then I was like, that's such a better idea than me doing Running Man. So <laughs> cool, <laughs> go do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Friday the 13th is like, I mean, and I know, uh, I know, or I've heard enough to know what's happening with it. Mm-hmm. And there is stuff happening with it. And I can't say anything, but... Um, so That's it's not going to be me on the series. next one. Yeah, because they what they the lawsuit and all that craziness just got finished with, so they can kind of yeah. move forward. With yeah, stuff. Larry Zerner, who's like a part, of, you know, kind of in the expert of like you know moving this stuff forward, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, but there's a movie thing too. Mm. Oh, okay, so, uh-huh. this yeah. is the time yeah, machine so, idea. <laughs> <laughs> so we just talked about yeah. uh, like the idea was from Prey. You put Predator here every all of us were taking characters and ross was like i want to see jason in the snow, snow. So, so yeah you hit it right there. i was like mm-hmm. that's funny yeah. that's funny <laughs> yeah i mean back in the day i think it was like the early 2000s when they were the freddy versus jason reboot was happening or or excuse me movie was happening they were going to do like a found footage thing and like mm-hmm. adam green was talking mm-hmm. to them about it and stuff like that but oh. that's all falling apart but yeah, I mean, look, if who they're talking about making it is the person who's making it, and again, I don't know that for certain, I think it's going to do well, and that's awesome. a good situation to be in. Um, but yeah, there is also two, it's, I, I don't know this exactly, and again, you know, you could at Larry Zerner, the attorney, who he, he's going to answer these questions, mm-hmm. but, and he, he does publicly, like on Twitter and Instagram or whatever. Oh, awesome. But there's kind of how Chucky has been separated into two pieces, mm-hmm. right? And there's like the Don Mancini version and they had still like kind of like the reboot version yeah. um, and Child's Play. There's, I think there might be something to do with Jason as well. And like who, because part of the, the debate was like who owns the mask right. and what that was and the name and all this. So mm-hmm. there might be two Friday the 13th things verging. Oh, um, interesting. But, but look, I, like just just whoever it is, Different make a good timelines. one, and then hire me to do the sequel or the. There sequel. we go. There you go. I don't care. Yeah. I don't think we're all ready for some more we Friday agree. the Thirteenth. Yeah, it's been a long yeah. time since we've seen some Jason, right? Sam, it's, it's, uh, they want to do seen one. <laughs> I mean, well, oh, you've never seen one. I would just jump straight to two. 
Mm-hmm. I would I'll start out with Friday Three Part Two. I think one is like fine, you know. Mm-hmm. It's his mom's the killer. There's her twist, right? Um, <laughs> and it's not really. It's just all POV stuff. Two, I think, is actually crafted well and has really good scares. And then you could probably jump to two to four, um, and then after that six because you get him become zombie Jason. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. that's Tommy McLaughlin's Jason Lives, which is the whole title. Our title card of Scare Package Two is the Friday Thing Part 6 title card. It's the exact same thing, uh, um, which in itself is a mock on uh, James Bond. You know? So we're just like mocking a mock. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Red Chad uses the machete to slice yeah. through. Is that mm-hmm. also... Does yeah, that's exactly... If you, if you just look up, look up the titles, like Friday 13 Part 6, Jason Lives title card. If you just watch that online, it goes into Jason's eye and then like he walks and then he does the thing. It's exactly <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. so it's 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 fun. Well, at some point we'll do like we'll make some like social shit and show some side by side stuff that we've done um, right. for Scare Package 2. In fact, actually, in the the Blu-ray that's coming out, I think in April, whatever, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be announced sometime soon. So that's news, I guess. But um in April, yeah. that will be, we're going to have a file that's like, I don't know if you remember, there was a thing in VH1 called pop-up video. Like oh, yeah. Uh-huh. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do pop-up video, but like the horror version. <laughs> so like that's it amazing. pops up with all the horror references. Like, oh, hell yes. As oh, so we're fantastic. all live in the Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Slash yeah, a, I think it'll be a Blu-ray. Slash a video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Oh, that's so good. I don't know if this was astronaut. Um, did you take home any of the special effects props from either one or two? Uh, and are you in currently possession of a skinless suit? Oh hey! my gosh! The puppet! Oh, Ratchet puppet! Oh, that's so yeah, good. Yeah, and yeah, I, I got a, yeah, I got a few. Yeah, this one I had to buy because um, uh, he was just too expensive. <laughs> sure. But, so yeah, good. I had to pay for it myself. So I was like, well, I'm keeping this thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, still- I've got. The skinless suit, no, because that just gets ripped to shreds. Oh, okay. so <laughs> yeah, yeah. like you know, uh, Graham's just ripping that thing apart. But um, yeah, there's no, there's a few. I have like beer pong cups with the barbed wire. Uh, oh, I have the whole TV. I have the whole TV that Sam comes through. So oh, yeah. what I so and that was a we made that. That's a fake. So it's interesting because the way that was done mm-hmm. was um we took we took like an actual sorry i'm trying to make this fucking thing sit here (laughs) Um, we took a a a wood frame and built Mm -hmm. it and then put an actual monitor that was inside this is glass Uh and then obviously that's vfx in as far as what's there but we built this like leathery thing so when he sticks his head through the top which is a you know obviously a dreamwares reference when it's happening, mm-hmm. we really he really is pushing his head through this like leather thing. Oh, nice. oh, so wow. I've got that top and I've got the the antenna. So I was gonna take it and then I'll put it up in my office and at some point when I get an office and I buy mm-hmm. a house again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll put like on the monitor, I'll just put like a some cheap monitor behind that, you know, that's there, mm-hmm. and I'll just play like, you know trailers of our movies or something oh, like hell that, yeah. or whatever <laughs> but i'll have that up in the corner of my office the whole time i was like oh that's cool i'll do that but yeah i keep um i've got the you know devil's like impaler like full outfit like in a big standee which that's yeah. him in the picture awesome. behind me up yeah. there <laughs> that's you know? perfect and uh stuff like that yeah like i keep i i collect movie props like that's a thing that mm-hmm. like i i buy just in general um and uh so it's fun to have some like from our set and stuff and, i only do you have a favorite in your yeah. collection favorite movie prop god yeah uh, 
let's see here. I own one of the in the scene in Fight Club where he opens a suitcase and he's got all the soaps that are mm-hmm. in there. I've got one of the screen used oh. soaps from the, the airplane cool. scene. That's amazing. Where he's doing that. I have a um I have a piece of the blob from the 1986 blob movie. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I have I have a Shark, a great white shark tooth from Bruce in the Jaws ride that Uh-oh. was at Universal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. so like when, oh, yeah. Yeah, before they awesome. took that took that ride out, I have like one of the yeah. big teeth for that. Um, I have one of the frogs that fell on Magnolia. I have. <laughs> I love Paul Thomas Anderson, so he's mm-hmm. like my favorite filmmakers of all time. I God, I have a lot of shit. I have um, a bunch. Yeah, I have a oh, I have a critter mold that was made oh, from okay. one of the original critters. That we we made a, a mold of. Uh, there's I got hundreds hundreds of things. Oh, yeah. that's awesome! Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have a uh, going back to Friday the Thirteenth. I have a Part Seven hockey mask, but it's undrilled. It was from the production line when he's his face gets split. The mask gets split. Oh, at the, cool. In the basement, and yeah. I was thirteen when I bought that, and I brought it to Kane, and he said it was authentic, and I I shit my pants, and I asked him to sign it directly to me because I was like, this is never leaving my possession ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Right. That's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I don't have. I have a mask from Kane because I actually hired Kane um, in a movie when I was before, when I was just like a production coordinator. It's a movie called Monster oh, okay. uh, with Charlize cool. Theron. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. An Oscar. And I was just like a production. Oh, that monster. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we hired Kane to be, well, they had a list of people for like stunt coordinators mm-hmm. and all this stuff and to play, you know, and I went through and I just, I just kept putting him. I was like, oh, we don't have that many here. I was like, I think we got to hire this guy. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. They didn't know who he was, <laughs> oh, but I'm like, this is Kane fucking hotter. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. You know, it was the coolest thing in the world to me. This is, you know, 2001, give or, give or take. And um, yeah, I don't know if he's even aware of like what I kind of put together there to push him to get on that movie. But yeah, and then he ended up being the jail guard in the film as well and everything, which is pretty cool. But and I've got some stuff stuff signed by him, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's rad. I saw Monster so in the front row. I remember that's what I remember at that movie. I, I watched it, you know. Looking oh, yeah, straight yeah, up, like straight up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was know, weird. The angle. roller rink, the roller rink scene was filmed like twenty minutes away from where I live. It's Castleberry, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. It was all it was all Central Florida. Yeah, yeah. That's the fun it's, spot, you know. Yes. It's there. Oh, that's gosh, how the gosh. diners all there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because I was I was working at Universal Orlando at the time, and then mm-hmm. we shot most. The studio was the Chapman Leonard Studio, where we shot most of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Do you gentlemen have anything else? Oh man. No, I think just through conversation we covered pretty much all all my questions. I guess the the last one would be unless Ross did you have something? Uh no. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean That's okay. It's amazing you work you for Universal to. Studios. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was uh that I was the youngest I was the youngest producer I think I this thing this motherfucker won't stay down. Of course, yeah. <laughs> puppets just hogging up screen time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I I worked. I started as an intern mm-hmm. and then worked my way up. And at one point, you know, reported to Paul Mina, who is the VP there of the production the production group. Mm-hmm. And I was the youngest producer they said they had ever had working at Universal because I just worked. I showed up every day for free for forever. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to give you a job. What do you want to be? And I was like, producer? Because I'm like, that sounds high. Yeah. And then they, they're like, okay, we'll make you an associate producer. I was like, oh mm-hmm. my God. And, you know, and then I did the same stuff I did, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sure. had that. But yeah, it was, 
that was like that time period of just like trying to do anything I could to get break into the industry and figure something out. And um, didn't really work out because from there it was like left and went in the game industry for a while and, mm -hmm. you know, did that whole role, which was fun. And don't get me wrong, it was great. But uh, it wasn't until I moved to Austin that I got back to writing and started Paper Street Pictures at our company. And mm -hmm. we're like, I, I got to do, I was like basically almost 30. I was like, I got to do this. You know, like, yeah. this is just like what I want to do with my life. Like I have this career and this is great, but I know I'll be able to come back to this if it doesn't work out. But right now I've got to like go all in. And I took a severance package from Zynga who makes, um, you know, like Farmville, oh, yeah, yeah. Fans and stuff like that. Yeah. Took a severance package from them. And they were like, they wanted to move me to San Francisco. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. Give me whatever severance you can. And then we wrote Camera Obscura and that was our first movie. So Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah weird. I thought of another question. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Paper Street. You mentioned Fight Club in the soaps. Did where'd you get the name Paper Street from? Is it at all inspired by Fight Club? Or yeah, I mean I've that... got a Fight Club tattoo. Oh, my watch is kind of covering. Sorry, this guy's okay. not on me. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I've got a Fight Club oh, okay, tattoo. Yeah. Oh, okay, awesome. and I will say, Fight Club is a very misunderstood movie now. Like, I, I hate how, like, it's become this like macho bravado right. thing for mm -hmm. a lot That's of totally dudes. Not who, like, the point. No, exactly. It's, they, it's like, literally the opposite. Exactly. Like, they could not miss the point more if they tried. And it's like, it's just so such a weird thing. And and but I think that the book was brilliant, and mm -hmm. and Chuck Palahniuk was brilliant, and mm -hmm. and um, so I was just 1999 was a formidable year. Like that was, you know, Fight Club, Magnolia, um, you know, American Beauty, uh, uh, even though Kevin Spacey has- Kevin Spacey. It, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, cause again, those are the movies that like mattered to me, you know, and by the way, not many people get the fact that in American Beauty, the movie that they're tape trading for weed is Reanimator. And that's uh, no. why he's and that's referencing why there's that it. joke. In it's fine. Nobody Skipping. gets all this shit. That's I, fine. I would not have. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll be in the pop up video, right? It will. That's like a couple removed, but um, sure. <laughs> but yeah, like it's stuff like that that I'm just you know it's there. But no, so but '99 was like a big year, and Fight Club was you know a, a big film, um, and Magnolia in particular also, mm -hmm. and uh, but yeah, so Paper Street is a street on a map that doesn't exist in real life. Mm -hmm. So the idea that you're making something that's like not real and you're making it real, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mm -hmm. think there's, there's definitely an analogy there. Um, and, and then also, you know, you're literally creating places in the world that don't exist, you know, mm -hmm. on the opposite end. Right. So like that played into paper street and then, yeah, paper street. It's so company fight club, you know, it all kind of totally. made sense to me. Um, you know, it was better than like Crystal Lake Creations or something. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to whoever owns Crystal Lake yeah. Creations. I'm sure they're out there. No, you know, I'm sure you. they are. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sam's coming Good out. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's a great place to dig in. I mean, I can't, excuse me. You kind of mentioned it before, but what's upcoming for Paper Street? What do you got coming in 2013 that you can talk about? How about 2023? Yeah. yeah I was I, oh, no, no, ago. no. 2013, <laughs> 10 years ago. You're one year okay. old. What do you got? No, got 20, what do we got? In 2013, we had a, a short film called The El Chupug Cabra, oh. uh, also starring Jeremy King, oh, about nice. a man who adopts a pug and it turns into a chupacabra. Um, and I'm glad this came up because I'll tell 
it's this. not good it's not <laughs> good it's so bad it's so there's like there's like one or two moments that i'm really proud of like because the gore is kind of fun in a couple moments and actually there's a joke in scare package that is a joke from there where he rips off his legs and starts beating him with his own legs um and that we put that joke in a better mm-hmm. way in the first scare package but yeah that's what we were doing in 2013 so just to be clear Wonderful. i can still answer that 2023 uh, 2023 though <laughs> So we've got uh, like the, the big thing we're trying to do is we're just like fingers crossed. We've got this TV series we're trying to get going. So hopefully mm-hmm. that can happen awesome. um, coming out though. You know, we've got, um, you know, obviously sorry about the demon just mm-hmm. released. Emily Hagen's mm-hmm. film. It's on shutter. Now, please go see it uh, or see it on shutter. Let it play and repeat in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, later on in the year, we have a movie called the bunker that is a sci-fi horror with uh, a really low budget sci-fi horror with Tony Todd and Tobin Bell. It's a fun little oh, thing. Cool. Um, and then we have a movie called Trim Season that Ariel Vita directed. Um, it's this, I call it, my, my description of that is witchy weed horror. Uh, there's oh. a witch. It's definitely what? like, it's it's about uh, some, in, during trim season and they're hired to be trimmers and they go to this like mountainous area. And there's this like witch kind of person there played by Jane Badler, who's amazing from like the V series back in the day. Oh, yeah. um, just, just wonderful human, wonderful actor. And it's a great cast. It has Alex Esso, who I first met from Starry Eyes. We were mm-hmm. able to bring her back. Uh, Beck Slater Klaus. Uh, the lead is Beth Millian, who is the lead in Sick. Um, Kevin Williamson's movie uh, that he mm-hmm. wrote, which is really good, by the way. Um, so we have that that's coming out. Don't know where just yet. We have another movie called A Creature Was Stirring. That is uh, a holiday horror thing with Chrissy Metz from This Is Us, Scout Taylor Compton, Annalise Basso from Snowpiercer series. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's really a really cool, like that has some of the best creature effects I've ever seen. Um, truly, like ever, ever seen. Like, nice. I think it's like pumpkin master, you know, wow. level shit that we're doing there. And I'm really proud of that. Um, and that should, you know, I, I don't think it's official yet, but should be coming out Christmas, you know, end of oh, this year. Cool. And then the the biggest project that we have is uh, Shelby Oaks, uh, written and directed mm-hmm. by Chris Stuckman. Um, we're, you know, that's a movie that we've been working on for a long time. You know, we raised all the money on Kickstarter, uh, about 1.4 million on oh. Kickstarter, broke all these records. Nice. And uh, it's got Keith David um, oh, yeah. and, you know, Camille Sullivan from Hunter Hunter, one of my favorite movies. Um, it's the movie is uh special i'll just say that like it's a it, it's gonna be a, a big film this awesome year. so yeah awesome. i'm not i'm trying to like sure yeah 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 taper yeah. but at the same time like, excited it for, just yeah. has everything is pointing to something really special that's and awesome. uh, i can't wait um that is a that's a dark movie though <laughs> i will say um but uh, but that'll be fun uh to see the reaction to that so yeah so all those should be you know later on this uh summer fall and 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 whatnot so um you know and then we're obviously we have things we have like i've already mentioned there in the hopper that we're trying to make for mm-hmm. 2024 and beyond but uh yeah we got at least five movies last year and we've got you know three four more oh, this yeah. next year so that's awesome yeah. Great. that's really go exciting. see them all watch watch yeah. every paper street picture you can find exactly. yeah man i i hope so like that's the idea is that i used to have you know canon t-shirts and stuff like as you know i still do mm-hmm. like i want people to like have paper street stuff and it's like oh yeah it's a paper street movie i know what this is gonna be you know there's a different kind of world for like what we're trying to make and i hope it starts to kind of create a little bit of a you know there's a connection like you see that logo 
and you're like, oh, okay, I know these guys. Like, hopefully, it's like it's either weird, even if you don't like it, you're like, oh, they're gonna go for it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they're gonna like do something. Right. Like that. oh, that's yeah. the hope. So, yeah, that that's we we love it here so far. Everything we've seen, and I know we're gonna continue to keep checking everything out. Cool. Lastly, I'd say, how would you want people to follow you, find you, any any kind of socials you want to shout out or anything? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm easy to find. It's Aaron B. Koontz everywhere, and I'm very active. Uh, because I have to be uh, to promote our <laughs> to movies, promote everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it, my social media presence really changed when the first care package came out because I just the the love and the support and the people that kind of came through mm-hmm. were just so amazing. And, you know, my phone literally crashed because so many when we premiered on The Last Drive and on Joe Bob Briggs, so many people were like, oh, my Shit. God, you know, and tweeting yeah, yeah. and texting me and all this and it just kind of became this thing and you know and so now i i try to be very active i try to respond i talk to everyone and i just want people to know like how much i appreciate it because if it wasn't for that response to scare package like none of these movies we would have made and none of this stuff would have happened and so i just want to make sure people know how much we appreciate it Mm -hmm. and you know kevin smith family says that you know, it, it costs you nothing to encourage an artist and what you end up doing by encouraging artists is just a really beautiful thing. Like you don't know what that ends up being. And, oh, and, and I, and I don't think people understand like how much it meant to me, especially in the summer of 2020, when like a lot of shit was going on and the world is literally burning, you know, and, and what's happening there. And like, I was not in a good place in my life. And to see the response that happened, like it has changed my life. And so I, I'm always like, thank you, responding, talking, listening the best I can, at least, Mm -hmm. um, because it just, it means so much. So yeah, I'm there often and and, uh, always I'll I'll probably jump on because I'm addicted to it after we, we sign affairs. Aren't we all? Yeah. Aren't we all at this point? Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Thank you so much. Uh, Ross had to jump out again. He's got kids going wild, and I think that's the perfect point to end this all here. So yeah. we My really, yeah. right? <laughs> He's acting up, being all restless. Yeah. We, we appreciate it so much, uh, and I know everyone listening will definitely like it as well. So thank you once again, cool. and um, you know, until next time, we'll be yeah. sitting here waiting. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> that gunship song during the, i've been listening yeah. to gunship for like, like two weeks now ever since I watched oh it's so good <laughs> yeah it's so good yeah gunship's amazing